namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma tambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma tambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma tambuddhassa Aparuta de Sangamatasa Tavara ye Sodawanta Bamunjantu Sadang. So this evening is the observance night. And uh, in the middle of the Vata, we all have our various practices of self-retreats or living in kutis or living in community or doing our duties, performing duties and um, so forth. So that this is the way it is in, a, in this particular monastery, this time. This is way of <coughs> bringing together, you know, and to see the, the way it is. Not through approving or disapproving, but just noticing life at this, at Amravati is like this. This Vasa time is like this. The Sangha that lives here is like this. And this, of course, is a, a way of just um, beginning to recognize <coughs> things as they are rather than uh, not recognizing that and always reacting to things because maybe the way it is isn't, isn't exactly the way you want it to be. We're learning to, to uh, this practice of recognizing or realizing the way it is is the way to contentment because at this moment, at this moment here and right now, this is the way it is. It can only be this way at this moment. And even if you have the thought, I, I would rather it be some other way, then, then you're creating, you're wanting the impossible. Because at this moment, it's like this. So this is a way of reminding ourselves. This isn't a justification of the way it is, it's not trying to defend it, apologize for it, or anything else, but just recognize. So then we think, well, you know, Chithurst is, they have kutis off in the woods, or you can go to Thailand and you can, or Sri Lanka or other places, uh, they have other places because maybe you think it'd be better somewhere else because maybe you, you, you aren't recognizing, you aren't accepting the way it is, you're merely reacting to the way it is. But this, this kind of reflection helps us to, to get perspective on our own restlessness and discontentment. And of course contentment is, is, the, is, is the way of the holy life, learning to be, learning to be content with little, not, not spend your life trying to get more and more or get things that you want or always struggling and 
planning your next move and and uh, wanting to change things or improve or do something else. But as we <coughs> begin to appreciate our ability to recognize the way it is, then we begin to uh, begin to see the. Uh, not just the things that the flaws, but we also appreciate the the good aspects of the way it is. Now, this awareness then is this great receptive vehicle that we we are capable of taking refuge in. It's uh, everything belongs in it. You know, it's not a, it's not uh, picking and choosing, or, or just creating endless problems around the the qualities or quantities or the conditions that exist in the present. But the awareness is our ability to embrace or recognize or realize all the different conditions affecting this moment at the at the same time. You don't need to discriminate, but you begin to recognize that every moment has conditions that affect it. And uh, right now the conditions of this moment are like this. And that, that's the way, uh, this is a way of reflective thinking, using thought to, to just point, to to bring your attention to this present moment. Now if we think of the ideal monastery, our monastery should be, according to, to your idea of, of the perfect monastery, then uh, that's an ideal, you know, of, that you can create, where a monastery is everything it should be. Buddhist monastery in Europe where everything is as it should be. And so that by having an ideal, then if we if we attach to that ideal, then we we're never quite content with what we have. Because we can always imagine it being better than this. So this is the ability we have to just notice these these desires, longing for something, uh, desire to get rid of things, to get away from suffering, to deny or resist, desire for attaining the ideals, the uh, getting the best, becoming, and so forth. Or just the longing for the pleasure of sense experience, the comfort, the, the beauty, the intimacy, the pleasure of just sensory uh, experience at its, at its best. So Buddha emphasized this sati panya, sati sampatanya, this, this is the gate to the deathless. So this, this ability to open, and we can always do it. It's not a, it's not a state that is, demands uh, special conditions for it. The more you begin to realize it, trust it, then uh, it's, it's the way we live. It's the path. It's the here and now. It's not dependent on the monastery being fitting up to the living up to the ideal or everything being better than what it is now. Now just notice how one's ego or sense of self is uh, conditioned. So some people get very confused because most people don't know the difference between awareness, the ability to awaken and be aware, and where the self connects to that. 
So we can, you know, what is the Sakayaditi? What is the self? And when you try to think about what is what is the self or what is anatta mean, what does no self mean, then we get tangled up in our thoughts because the way we think is usually based on a sense of a self. So the thinking process that I've acquired through my culture, conditioning, and uh, then that is very much uh, based on the sense of me and mine as a self, as a personality, as this person, this physical being, this soul. So trying to figure out anatta on that level is uh, you go around in circles because you end up thinking that it's almost like a suicide. You've got to destroy yourself. So the idea of no self means like annihilation, logically, at least it does to me. When I try to figure out anatta intellectually, I'd end up with the with a view of a kind of a, an annihilationist perspective. And then I think of, say, an eternal self. Take the, the concept, say, of uh, like uh, in Christianity we have the sense of an eternal soul and grasp that. The eternal soul is uh, then, when one thinks about that, it say at best it will take you to a, a sense of of being a personality forever in some uh, may, hopefully some heavenly place so just recognizing that this eternalism that uh, that is through the positive thinking process when you think positively it moves towards an eternalism and when you think Negatively, it leads to annihilation or nihilism. So that, that's just exposing the limitation of the thought process. Thought is, a, is, a, is an inadequate refuge. And it can, one cannot be liberated through thinking. Attachment to thinking. But then reflective thinking is different, isn't it? The way it is isn't a isn't a logical way of thinking, it's a pointing. When I say this is the way it is, I'm, it brings me, make, reminds me of now. How is it? Then creating the self, what, what is it? Like there's a subjective, like the, the uh, natural facts of existence is at this moment this is the point is here you know consciousness from this form is like this so there's this point of consciousness at this moment can see, hear, smell, taste, touch, think but it's from this position and then where does the self arise at this moment? And so then, of course, the, you know, from my own experiments and investigations into this matter, is, is when I start thinking, I create a self. If I stop thinking, then the self disappears, the sense of a self as a person. But a, a pure subjectivity still is, is there's still consciousness. There's awareness, consciousness operating. As soon as I claim it on a personal level, I am conscious and aware now, then, then myself, the self-view arises again. You know, I am someone who's aware and conscious at this moment, then just by claiming it on that, I, through, through thinking, the self, the self, the sakyaditi starts moving again, starts operating in its, in, according to its habit. If I stop trying to claim anything, in other words, uh, 
rest in the awareness without claiming, uh, without trying to describe or define it, just learn to trust it, then, then what? Then, I, then the, the, what I see, the self ceases. And so there's a recognition, non-self, of anatta. And it doesn't, isn't annihilation, isn't, there's consciousness still functioning. Body still, you know, senses, they're still fully operative. They're not, they're not I'm not uh, trying to blo block them off or use repressive means of any sort, like the repression of any sort, but just awakening or awareness. I notice that my personality is, you know, it's, it was formed through uh, all the, the rewards and punishments, approvals, disapprovals, and experiences of my life as a, as a, as a personality, as a, as a person, in, as a member of a family, uh, in the, in the country I was, I grew up in, in the, the way I, the schooling I had and the experiences, good and bad, that I, that I had, you know, from uh, early childhood to the present, you know, then the personality tends to, to be formed. So, this personality then is formed out of ignorance. So how I feel personally, what I like or I don't like personally, uh, my emotional habits that I have, whether I'm, you know, tend towards being critical or depressed or, or anxious or frightened or lustful or confused or whatever, these, uh, these, are, the, these are the results of the conditioning process of experiencing life through this conscious form, but not understanding it, not opening to it, not recognizing it. So the personality is formed out of this avicca or ignorance. So if we have some good experiences, we tend to, you know, if our life is, is uh, we have had good parents and opportunities and so forth, and we have, might have some very good uh, sense of ourselves, or maybe more positive. We others are born into situations where they are, you know, resented or abused and exploited, and and they have, and their personalities form around the memories and the reactions to those those, those experiences. But what trans transcends this is the awareness, isn't it? This moment, no matter what my personality is, or physically how I happen to be, whether I'm feeling good or sick or whatever, is that the awareness, awareness of the body, awareness of the mood of the mind, the, the emotion or the thoughts that come and go in it. Awareness of the sense of myself, my pride, my conceit, my, my anger, my rage, my greed, my fears. These, this awareness allows those things to be what they are. So the relationship with awareness and with wisdom, with satipanya, then from being self-critical, like if, if my personality is a critical one. So it tends, when I depend on my personality, fall into that, get, get lost in, in, take refuge in my personality, I start criticizing myself. It just seems to happen automatically. I don't choose to do it. It just happens. 
Why? <laughs> so if you're someone who's self-critical, you know, then you take that wherever you go. You know, it's hard to have a good time in life because <laughs> because you <laughs> you're always kind of uh, you know primed for looking at the the things you shouldn't do or say or whatever. Feeling of guilt and and uh, timidity and fear and anxiety, so forth. You take wherever you go, whether it's mon in a monastery or in a city, town, country, mountaintop. So when we ordain, we become monks or nuns, then we bring bring our our personalities into the monastery. They don't, they don't, you know, they suddenly don't drop your personality just because you shave your head and put on a, on a robe. So the personality starts, uh, starts making itself conscious, of course, in, in the life of, of, uh, of monasticism. And so then the, the attitude is, if, if we've, or if we've taken this ordination, living, living this holy life in order for realization, for liberation, for nibbana, then that's that's our that's what that's our our intention when we ordain. So in the bhapacha and the going forth ceremony, is make this deliberate request for the liberation for freedom from suffering, for Nibbana. Asking to be received into the community for the realization of Nibbana. So that's the, that's the formula, in fact. And, uh, and then that, that is the, the whole raison d'etre of this, of this life, of the monastic form. So then on a personal level, personality comes in and, and you might think, and then your personality will say, who do you think you are? You think you could realize Nibbana? Look at you, you know? All those stupid thoughts you have and the way you get angry over this and, you, and, and you're greedy and you're jealous and, you're, and you worry and you, you're, you're, uh, you're a terrible person. And uh, certainly, you know, you, you've got to, you know, spend a lifetime maybe of just cleaning yourself up, getting your act together. And, and maybe it'll take many more lifetimes. Do you think you could ever realize Nibbana? <laughs> if you've got a really tyrannical personality. <laughs> and then, uh, then maybe uh, your personality's not that bad. <laughs> But uh, the, it tends to create doubts when you think, when you just operate from your personal habits. The, the, the thought of Nibbana seems so remote a possibility, at least speaking from my own experience. <clears throat> I couldn't see how my personality could ever attain or realize Nibbana. And I was right, my personality will never It's impossible uh, because the, the personality isn't, has, is, is not awake. It's merely habits of the mind. It's conditioning of the mind that influence this moment. So when, I, when I'm heedless and, and, and not awake, then I get, I, I fall into the personal reactivities of life, and one can feel genuine despair. And I don't know how many times I've heard you, or, you know, people say how, oh, I've been practicing how many years, and look at me, you know, I still get angry, or, uh, you know, you start feeling, you know, what have I gotten out of this life? You know, I've put a lot into it, and what, what, what do I have to show for it? This is, this is the personality, isn't it, speaking. 
because the personality would like to see, you know, the, to claim something, you know. Like, the, I'm, uh, you know, I'm attained from the Holy Life. You can get become a Sotapanna or Arahant, something like that. Uh, get a get something to show for for the life you've been living. This is from the Sakayaditi. So then, then the the attention comes in and just being aware of that, not not criticizing it, not saying you shouldn't feel the way you do, because then you just go around in circles when you're always judging your personality with your personality. You know, it's just a habit of the mind uh, that you're getting attached to. And, uh, and that just repeats itself in endless patterns and cycles. So the transcendent of that pattern is through the awakened awareness. So being aware, my personality, whatever it's saying or producing in this moment, it's the way it is. It's uh, this ability to uh, listen and attend to the moment, open and receive the moment. And that includes the physical body, the way it is, uh, the, the emotional condition of your, that you're experiencing now, uh, thoughts, memories, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, the, the things around us, the environment we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. So an intuitive moment then, mindful moment, is an inclusive one. Everything belongs. This way of, of contemplating, then, uh, then you begin to, to realize a realization moment. You know, because what, if, even if you're grasping what I'm saying now, you're still grasping what, what somebody's saying. The idea is maybe you understand it and you grasp it. So, and that, that's, but to notice the grasping. And so it's, a, it's like, uh, you know, trying to just kind of shake you or think, wake up, you know, wake up. <laughs> and, and, uh, and if you, you know, suddenly you wake up. But if I, if I shake you and say, wake up, and, and then you just get caught in, Oh, Ajahn Sumedho's picking on me again, always on my back trying to say wake up and, and you get caught in a personal emotional reaction to me then and you've, uh, you, know, you haven't awakened, you're merely reacting personally to, to, the, uh, to the, the attempt to awaken you. So then waking up is like this. And this, to, to be able to discern, this discerning ability is the, using the panya or the wisdom faculty. Because panya means uh, uh, to, dis, to know the difference, discern the real from the unreal. Suffering and non-suffering. Self and non-self. Attachment and non-attachment, and so it's not a it's not panya is not a critical faculty. It's not criticizing the condition. It's not it's not making moral judgments against suffering or self. No matter how egotistical and conceited yourself might be, panya isn't criticizing it. Uh, it, but it knows the difference between self and non-self. 
is discerned. So in your critical faculty can, you know, is, don't mistake that for panya or wisdom in the sense of, in the Pali, the word panya. And just because you're critical and can see what's wrong with everything doesn't mean there's any wisdom in it. <clears throat> because then the panya is a deeper thing than just being critical, having a critical mind and knowing good from bad and right from wrong and how things should be made and shouldn't be and ought to be and so forth. But to discern the condition from the unconditioned or the suffering and non-suffering or self and non-self, attachment and non-attachment. So this is working at a level of awareness which uh, satipanya then no, since it isn't, hasn't got anything against, against attachment, it's not criticized, it's just discerning attachments like this. Not attachments like this. So it's, a, it's learning to trust in that, in a, in a direct insight, direct knowing. Or self, no self is like this. Self is like this. So you know, start becoming Ajahn Sumato and and I'm you know I give you all my qualifications and my biography, and I become somebody. And that is a self, and and the Panya knows that that is self is like that. If I attach to that self. If I fully commit myself, absorb myself in myself, I go right back into the old habits that I acquired when I was a child. I, I just fall back into the whole kind of uh, structure, emotional structures that, that I developed from childhood. I become self-conscious, I become vain, I become... I get easily offended. I, I, I get into my my sense of myself as a personality. If I if I if I don't discern, if I don't know that self is like this, then and I don't remember this, then I easily fall back into that. And start even at my age, at seventy, you, you know, I can still my emotions are still pretty much the same as I was when I was about 10 years old. So, I mean, it, it's not very becoming for an old man. <clears throat> it is embarrassing, you know, if you, if you have no way out of it uh, other than just being stuck in the rut till you die. It's a rather pathetic use of a lifetime. But in the discerning, then I see the self, let go of the self, I see the suffering, I know the suffering. When I become this personality again, I go back into the, the old habits, and they just carry me away. As soon as I awaken to that, there comes a point where the suffering gets so much that you, you begin to recognize, ah, suffering, I'm suffering now. Uh, why am I suffering? And I recognize I'm, I'm, I'm got lost, I absorbed into my, into my personality again. So what is it that knows this, you know? And so this, this inquiry into what is it that knows? It's not the self knowing. The self is in the terms that I, in the way that I use that word, it's the, the habit, the atta self. So it's this awareness then, and the Buddha refers to this gate to the deathless, this, this, uh, 
apamado, oh, heed, heedfulness, being awake and aware. In which the, then the personality can be seen as an, as an object. Personality is an object, you know. So, if you if you attach to an object, then you become like that. Whatever you attach to, you become like that. That's the becoming experience of becoming. But when you let go of the object, let go of the personality, it doesn't mean you're 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 suppressing it or rejecting it. You're letting it be what it is. It not its nature. Once you just leave it alone, it drops its natures to cease. And this awareness then is, is the sustaining ability to witness the process of arising and ceasing, of, of how the self arises and, and ceases, to, to, not, to be able to, to recognize or realize non-self, anatta, not through uh, suppressing self or denying self but through understanding seeing things as they are so in the life here in Amaravati just you know whatever whatever you are whatever state of mind you're in whatever position you have here you know then and what, however you cling to it or identify with it like it or dislike it it can be used for this awakening, for awareness. You know, so if you're, if you're the last Enagari Ka in the food line, you know, and, and I'm the first one in the food line, I get first choice of all the food every day. You know. Big old Ajahn Sumedho gets to go first, and he gets to pick of all the best. And then the last person of the ordained sangha, the last Onagari Ka, Louise, <laughs> she gets what's left over after we've all. <laughs> then that's not fair, or, you know, it should be. It should be. Uh, why shouldn't uh, Louise go first and Ajahn Sumedha go last? Yeah, one can think that would be another way of doing it, wouldn't it? And so we can make a problem about, you know, about the, the way the food's distributed. And let that ruin our day. We could, uh, I could just obsess myself the whole day and carry that around. And, and, and make a cause, you know, a cause celeb of a, um, you know, to, to uh, rectify this unfair, this uh, perceived unfairness. So, so then, then one can get totally lost in it and then even decide, well, I'm not going to put up with this anymore, I'm going to leave because I can't bear this discrimination and so forth. And, you miss a good chance, you know, a good chance just by being carried away with, uh, with something, with your own perception and sense of self-involvement with it. So I encourage you to just uh, be aware, you know, of the, you know, in terms of things just like that, that incidence is it, you know, take, take uh, look at my position. You get first choice of all the food every day, but you're not interested in food anymore anyway. So what kind of privilege is that? No, I'm not interested in food anymore. I don't care. Uh, so they, they, uh, you know, I, I usually take very little, I don't need very much food. So I'm not going to kind of, I'm not trying to, to uh, take advantage of my position. Or if I, maybe I, if I am, you know, I'm, I'm the first one, I get all the best, I'm going to look for the best pieces. I've been through this when I first 
became a senior member and I got first choice of everything, I could see my mind going a bit wild. <laughs> it started looking for all the, the best bits, you know, the, you know, before I could get to them first before the rest did. But reflecting on this, this was not a mental state I wanted to cultivate. You know, I could understand it and I could, you know, feel this impulse, but it's not a, not a mental state that I, I didn't ordain, you know, didn't become a monk to just, uh, you know, eat the best food and have first choice in life. That was not at all in my mind when I ordained. So, so, uh, I remember developing, just trying to sometimes taking aditanas or determinations to, to maybe take the stuff I know nobody would want as a practice. As the practice is taking, I'd look around, I could see the, the kind of food that nobody liked and you know, would, people would take class and just practice taking that as a way of, of just you know, dealing with the, the tendency to want to take the best bit. The discipline. But then to have to live like that all the time wasn't, you know, after a while, it, 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 just through awareness, I began to, to let go of this, uh, that I've got to conquer this greed, or I've got to be someone who takes the, the, the bits nobody wants to just, what do I need? And, and uh, you know, just recognizing the, the amount of food that I need, and and what you know, and, and being content with with it, and uh, not just following uh, what what it particularly attracts my eye. So these are ways of just uh, you know experimenting with the sense of self as. Uh, through the attraction to food or the aversion to it, and to the, to the sense of being first or last or junior senior. Now we all, in our own way, try, you know, determine. You have this determination to use this life with awareness. You know, that's what we're here for—for for the realization of nibbana. So that that then we. You know, then we can develop a, a, a way of, of enjoying this life and appreciating each other rather than projecting all kinds of things like that, that old man in the front gets first choice and then resenting it. Uh, one begins, can develop same more kind of um, sense of gratitude or appreciation rather than resentment for or not being the one who gets first choice. So you develop mudita, or sympathetic joy, rather than just uh, grumbling, jealousy, and envy, and feeling of being put down or diminished by someone else. But these are not states you can adopt on a personal level. It's through this awareness by freeing yourself, by recognizing, realizing non-self, that, that these natural states of joy and, and compassion, the Brahma-viharas manifest. They aren't manifested through the ego. No matter how egotistically you want to be, uh, develop the Brahma-viharas as some kind of attainment, you know, become someone who's just full of metta and become someone who just loaded with compassion, become someone who's ecstatic with joy at the beauty of others, and someone who's totally equanimous. Uh, that's, that's not possible to become that way on a personal level. You can, you can kind of adopt the facade of it, you know, you can act it, but then that's, you know, that's still, that's false and it tends to, to not be uh, gen generally appreciated by uh, the rest of us when we're 
play, play acting with the Brahma Viharas. So learning to trust in the awareness and from that emptiness, from non-self, then the, the re response to life tends to manifest through the, through the uh, metta karuna mudita upeka. So self is a very interesting thing, you know, it's, a, it, it's a, something you learn from. From being selfish, conceited, or whatever way <laughs> you happen to be, if you're shy and timid, or if you're brazen and, and aggressive, if you're <clears throat> bumptious and stupid, or, or you're, you're a bright star or a, a, a dull bit of nothing it doesn't matter is it it's the, it's the willingness to learn from the way it is recognize the, right now the personality that manifests is like this it's a recognition a personality no matter what state it is it's a changing condition. When the conditions for this personal reaction are present, then it's like this. You know, so when, and, but the conditions are changing. So when the conditions are gone, then the personality changes according to the conditions. So if somebody praises you, personality is happy. Somebody said, I'm wonderful, and the personality says, I feel so, it makes me feel so happy to be praised and appreciated. The next moment somebody says, you're you're wasting your life. You're a really stupid and hopeless monk. <laughs> you know, I feel really upset because uh, my personality has... Uh, I've I become somebody who's upset by what somebody else has said. But so the refuge is always in the awareness because that at any moment, no matter how your personal habits might be, Trusting in the awareness of them is enough. Remember the awareness then, panya manifests. Or panya operates through awareness. Sati panya. Discern. So the self, my pers the personality is like this. Not even if I'm in a terrible state, personality is just in a terrible state, at least. It doesn't matter if it's terrible or peaceful or beautiful or ugly. It's this way. And it's recognizing, it's just merely allowing it to be because it's, its nature is anicca dukkha mata. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's that nature is to be unsatisfactory. Personality is not ever, you're never going to get a satisfactory normal, healthy personality as a permanent experience of life. It's just not, that's impossible. So, whatever way your personality manifests, it's recognizing it in terms of the three signs, anicca, dukkha, nata, isn't, isn't diminishing or dismissing it, but, but a way of reflecting and contemplating the experience as it is now. When you allow the personality to cease, then what's left? And the cessation of the self, anatta, like this. So the anatta then is like a, it's vast. It's it includes. It's not a. It's not fraught. It's not worried. It's not. You know, caught up in its hab in, in it's not a habit. It's not a condition that that uh, depends on other conditions. So it's the reality. It's real. It's not. It's not a a created state that depends on other conditions supporting it. But it but it needs recognition. So in the third noble truth the this recognition, realizing cessation.
cessation should be realized, beginning to notice the reality of cessation rather than than looking for something called cessation. Don't look for something called cessation, then you'll be looking for some kind of maybe annihilation. You know, you have, hold the view of cessation, and you, and uh, and then you and you aren't aware that you're grasping, grasping the concepts. Then you you're probably looking for something you'll never experience. But if you let go and, and trust in the awareness, then the when thing when a condition that is present ceases, you're aware of it. It's absent. Absence of self is like this. And then you you begin to know, well, as soon as I grasp myself, my personality, I suffer. If I don't grasp it, I don't suffer. Then what's the what, where's the path there? Past of suffering, to repeated suffering and rebirth is to grasp your personality. <laughs> so if that's what you want to do, then do that. Uh, but if you want, if your aim is nibbana, then don't. You know, why? Why suffer if there's if there is a non-suffering? If non-suffering is reality, then why grasp the faults, the illusory, and suffer for nothing? So we offer this as a reflection for this evening. Mm-hmm.